Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, welcome to June. Welcome to June. Welcome to hot temperatures and Welcome to allergies in Michigan. Oh, goodness. We live for these months, though, in, uh, in the state no, of Michigan. Do. For those of you who uh, are not familiar with our state, we, we are immensely proud of the state of Michigan. We just don't particularly like it from, say, February to about now because it's see very the, gray. We don't see the sun very much. We don't see the sun, but we are seeing the sun it's, now, and we are giving thanks for that. So uh, I'm excited for the podcast. This is a, a significant time in the church and in family life. And it's, uh, these months of oh, these weeks of June. So, and we're going to talk about what doesn't often get spoken about. Yeah. So what's our topic? Managing transitions is what we're going to talk about today. Managing transitions. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, today. We thank you for the gracious gift of these uh, summer weeks that have begun. We pray that they would be a, a time of refreshment for us all that we would uh, experience your beauty and your love and your power as we go through the change of seasons. We ask that you would uh, continue to help us to be inspired by your Holy Spirit, to be attentive to his voice, and especially to grow in charity in these days as we, uh, many of us anyway, are going through transitions, changes. Help us to continue to Learn how to be authentically human. And be with all those, especially who are moving at this time of year, whether it's our children or our shepherds or anybody else in our lives. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son. Son, and the Holy Spirit. You got a couple I mean, announcements for everybody first, though, don't you? Yeah, kind of like a, a couple PSAs. And so, um, as, as some of you may know, um, we are going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, September 9th, where Father John is going, going to preach live rescue. So it's, a, it's Rescue Atlanta, September 9th. And we are also, our team's going to be in the Diocese of Toledo, July 29th. Um, running a live equipping day. And so those are two events that you can register at by going to our website, our homepage, rescueproject.us. And at the very top of our homepage, you'll see a ticker where you can register for both of those events. We would just invite you to spread the word. And we are excited to see all of you, whoever can make it at either one of those events. So if you're in the Southeast in September, we'd love to have you. It's going to be a one-day revival, Catholic revival, which I know is near and dear to your heart. We did this. This is what we did in Columbus so what last we did, year. We did in Columbus. We're expecting around 1,500 people. We've got right. Damascus worship with us again. We're going to have a wonderful Eucharistic procession. There's going to be praise, worship, prayer, community, food. And I was praying about this this morning, Father John, even in our chapel. And I said, you know, Lord, what's your expectation for the people? What's on your heart for the people that come to the Atlanta revival? And I just feel like the Lord said freedom. Mm, love it. Yeah. So Great. that's so join us in praying. So we'd for love that. to see you in the southeast if you're going to be down there. And if you're thinking about running the rescue project in your parish or your home or in any context, um, join us in the diocese of Toledo. If you're in the surrounding diocese here in the Midwest. 
um, we'd love to have you come and get equipped so you can bring the gospel to your respective areas. And one last little teaser. Yeah, last little teaser is just, uh, well, it, it really is a total tease because we can't tell you what it is, but we have a big announcement coming on July, July 17th. 17th. So stay tuned, friends. Indeed. All right. Okay, here we go. So let's dive into managing yeah. transitions. So here we are, we're in June, um, which is uh, a time where lots of movements happening, right? We're seeing graduations from school, uh, whether it's grade school, high school, college. Uh, we're seeing um, kids, you know, like end the school year and get ready for uh, their summer vacation and whatnot. We see ordinations. We just had a chance to celebrate with now Father, Father Christopher Chris Applett. Applett. And the yes, uh, Diocese glorious. of Grand Rapids. And so congratulations to him and to all of our brothers who've just been recently ordained uh, all around the country. But then we also have a time of, of priests moving, right? And so this is, this, is a, uh, this is an awkward time that at least our experience is that we, we don't talk much about. You know, so th- let me just say it this way. We've kind of accustomed ourselves, I think, in the church to something which quite honestly, just isn't natural. It's not natural for fathers to leave families, and it's not natural for families to lose fathers. And so we're seeing we're seeing parishes getting ready to say goodbye. At the end of June is typically when priests move, not everywhere, but most places. And so parishes are, to be clear, some of them are, are ecstatic, right? I mean, like I know when I left the parish, every time I left the parish, there was loud rejoicing from some people. But there were other people who were sorrowful, right? And the, and from the priest's perspective, there was some loud rejoicing in, inside him too. But there was a great amount of sorrow because he's losing a family. He's losing the people that he's poured into, sometimes for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. So the relationships are being severed. And one of the challenges of that is you, you're grieving, I mean, that's I mean, that's simply it. You're, you're grieving, right? There's it's it's painful to go through this, both from the parish's perspective as well as from the priest's perspective. And Father, I think it's so important that we're talking about this because for those of us sitting in the pews, we often just give this a cursory look. You know, a uh, couple pastors are leaving your parish. You gather for a farewell. You know, you might, there might be a dinner. You might pass on a card to him. You know, good luck, Father. You know, thanks for being here. But it's kind of, it becomes somewhat of a, of a regular cadence in a parish. But we know from ministering to priests over the last number of years, we've sat down and, and talked with priests about this very thing. And, and what, what they often sense in their own lives is, is something like a spirit of homelessness mm. or, or a, a spirit of, of um, uprootedness, you know? And I, I know from my own experience growing up as a young girl, our family moved a lot. Mm. I was in a lot of different schools in a lot of different states. And so I know what it's like to pick up roots and get planted again. And that's just very, very hard. Yeah. But in a particular way, we're talking about spiritual fathers yeah, because at least you were going with family. Yeah, at least we when were I taking move, everybody with us. You're moving alone. alone. Absolutely. And so, you know, we were just talking about grieving the other day or, you know, a set of weeks ago um, when my mother passed away. And I don't think we acknowledge that there is a season of grief yeah. for those in the pews and for our beautiful priests 
who, as you would, you know, you, you acknowledge, are unnaturally being uprooted and having to plant, be planted somewhere else and to make a home. And I would argue that the older we get, the harder that is for priests. Yeah, you know, we just had a gathering not too long ago with uh, a bunch of diocesan leaders, and they were talking about, uh, just just as we were having lunch, they were talking about uh, a workshop that they were holding for uh, parish teams and for pastors to manage transitions. And we asked very specifically what topics they were going to cover, and I asked them, most especially, are you guys going to address the topic of grief? And they kind of looked at us like, uh, no, what do you I mean by that? I hadn't thought about that. Say more, you know? And uh, so I explained to them how we view this, you know, and especially from a priest perspective, how, how painful this is usually. And um, they said, we never even thought of something like this. So this, this isn't the loss of a, a CEO or a manager. This is really the loss of a family member and, and it's the loss of a family. And, the family feels it, the priest feels it, and, you know, maybe we can just kind of bust open some practical things. We can we can keep this episode kind of short, but the basic synopsis is this. Starting in a couple of weeks, in many parishes all around the country, and for many of us who are listening right now, you're going to have two, quote-unquote, grieving persons in one another's company. And go back to the conversation that we had just a couple of weeks ago after the loss of your mom, we don't do grief well in this country. We don't handle it well. We don't talk about it well. And we don't know what to say to one another. And so now this isn't death, to be sure. This isn't, this isn't near the level of you losing your mom or us losing a loved one. But it is a form of grief and so there's just some some practical encouragements that we want to encourage people to think about. Um, so one is just acknowledge the pain. You know, it's a, it's a, it's like we often used to say. You know, it's it's worth a priest when he comes to a parish when he moves into a place on the first weekend to say, "I know you've just lost Father so and so, and I know how beloved he was here." And I know you're hurting and you miss him. And, and I'm not him. And I'm going to be a really different guy because God's given me different gifts than he gave to that uh, spiritual father that you had. And I just want you to know, I know that. I acknowledge that. I'm praying for you in this time of transition. And I would humbly ask your prayers for me because I'm looking out at faces I don't know. And so I'm hurting too. And I know you're hurting. I'm hurting how about we just hurt together and we can walk with each other. Let's be patient with each other. Let's be gentle with each other. You're going to constantly be making comparisons with me and the old guy. You know, I don't preach like him. I don't celebrate mass like him. I'm not funny like him. You know, I've got my own temperament. I'm all, I'm, I'm all these things. And quite honestly, I'm doing the same thing with you. Like you're not like the family I just left. So let's just give each other time to grieve, and then to trust that God's going to be with us and that we're going to get to know each other. Father, I love that. You know, you had said early in the conversation that about this need to recapture what it means to be authentically human. That kind of an exchange with the incoming pastor will go a long way to breed real deep friendships. So this a pastor in that situation has just made himself very vulnerable, and he's shown forth um, a model of what it means 
to be human, that will go a long way because oftentimes what we see is we just see a lot of facades and masks, Mm. you know, kind of like these plastic facades. To your point, we don't talk about things like this. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be human. And I'm going to invite you to be real and honest and human with me. That will go a long way to bring a a, a real culture of humanity back into our parishes. I I love that. I think so. And we've got three practical things to think about. Two from maybe from a perspective of the the lay faithful, and then one maybe is a from the perspective of the priest. Why don't you talk about a couple of couple of things that we can do as members of the body of Christ just to welcome a new priest? Yeah, you know, Father, I'm thinking about what you would typically do if someone moves to your neighborhood, even you know, where maybe you, you know, you you go over you know to your new next door neighbors and you bring a pie or you write a note, you know, and you introduce yourself. Or at least we used to mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> Many moons ago. I pray we're still doing that, but I know that's a challenge. But anyway, consider like writing a, a welcome note to your pastor and just, you know, let him know we're excited to have you here. We're available to help you in any way that we can. Mm. Uh, we promise you our prayers. And oh, by the way, we'd love to have you over for dinner. Mm, you I know, just to start to have a conversation to continue that, you know, that modeling of, of being human. I was... I'm reminded even as I mentioned this, there was a, there was a young priest uh, that we had the privilege of praying with uh, a set of years ago now. I think he'd been at a parish three years, and he said he was still waiting to be invited to someone's home. For the first time. For dinner, for the first time. He had never been invited. You, you know, you talk about, you know, you know we, t- we talk about oftentimes, you know, what happens around a dinner table. Mm. It is the quintessential icebreaker. That's where we give each other permission to be human and to, and to be real and to let our pastors know like they have a safe place to come to on Sundays if they have no if they have no place to go or on a Wednesday night or whatever it might be. Yeah. So just open up your heart, open up your stationery, put a stamp on it. Don't text him, don't email him. Get real stationery, put it in the mail, stamp it and get it out. I love that. Okay. I, I know sometimes people are always afraid well, he's probably really busy. And I always say, hey, give me the option to That's say exactly no. That's exactly right. That's I'll, exactly right. I'll tell right. you no if, I, if exactly I don't want to come. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love that. How about from your end? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I always share with guys a piece of advice that a, a wise priest mentor gave to a lot of us here in the Archdiocese of Detroit years ago. And it's so simple and it just produced lasting dividends. So he used to encourage us, and I, I was fortunate to do this twice um, at serving as pastor in, in a couple of different places. And he says, you know, as soon as you come into a parish, just let everybody know, both from, you know, the pulpit on Sundays, as well as, you know, in your bulletin article or however else you communicate with people, hey, I want to get to know as many of you as possible because how else am I going to get to know this parish? I want to meet you and I want you to meet me. And so the the encouragement is this simple. Set aside like the whole summer, as much as you can, three, four days a week, and just let everybody know from 10 to, say, 3 o'clock every day, I want to meet with as many of you as possible. And you set aside like half-hour blocks, and you, you, you would keep a binder, and the binder has a piece of paper for every person that you meet. And you, you have every, peop- every person come in or a couple come in or a family come in and you ask them a whole series of questions. You know, obviously, what's your name? How long have you been a member of the parish? 
what ministries, you know, have you been involved in with, if, if any, um, do you find the parish welcoming? Is it a warm place? If you could change anything, what would you change? What would you like to ask me? And then maybe, uh, you know, a, a question that you uniquely want to ask them that, that only you would know what you want to ask them. And then at the end of, you know, say two or three months, like I still have these binders. You have literally hundreds of encounters with people. And then you, you get to know the parish. This, this is, Nick on our team often talks about spreading good rumors because we know people talk, right? So here's what happens. Like you and Steve come in and then, you know, you walk down uh, the street mm-hmm. and someone's like, hey, like, did you meet Father John? Yeah, what's he like? Oh, he's a total jerk. Or no, mm-hmm. hey, he's actually really kind. And then, you know, what did he ask you? Oh, yeah, this is what he asked me. And so people start talking and they start spreading good rumors. This, this communicates to a parish, Father's approachable. He wants to know us. He wants to meet us. He wants to know what makes this parish tick. He wants to know what we think are our strengths and our weaknesses. He asked particular questions. And this just helps us get to know one another because you can't love what you don't know. You know, Father, even as I'm listening to you talk, I know you've done this at a number of parishes where you've been and you've shared this with uh, uh, a lot of priests that we minister to. What this does is it says that both doors are open. Mm. Your doors are open at the parish to get to know me. And our home, our front door is open too. I love that. And and, and that's that's how you become... A family, right? A family on mission. That's what our parishes are supposed to be. That's right, right? I love that approach, Father John. That's right. And then, obviously, last and and, and most importantly, um, let's just make a, a point to really be holding one another in prayer in these days. Let's pray, especially for those those men, both young and not so young, who just got ordained to the priesthood, who are going to be coming to serve in our parishes. Let's pray for those guys who are leaving, even if we don't necessarily like them. Let's pray for the parishes that we're leaving, even if we don't necessarily like everybody we're leaving. I mean, we need to love each other. We don't need to like each other, but we need to love each other. So let's lift one and up in, uh, in prayer before the Lord, grateful for the access that we have to the Father. And then let's just thank God ahead of time. You know, Father Solanus Casey here in Detroit used to always encourage people to, to do that when they would pray. Thank God ahead of time. You know, we, we're tempted in life to get nostalgic, to look, to look back, back. you yeah, know, nostalgia right. is this painful yearning for the past. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of being a Christian is the best is not in the past. The best is up ahead. So we don't have to look backwards. We can enjoy what we've had. That's why we can grieve with hope, you know, like, thank you, Lord, for these people that you brought into my life, who ministered to me, who cared for me, who loved me, who supported me all the different ways that we, we come alongside each other. But thank you that you're not, you're not done, Lord. That's exactly right. You know, Father John, is, but as we look back, you know, as we have that nostalgia mindset, we should only look back to the degree that we can say, and Lord, you provided yeah. then yeah. all manner of provision. And God is faithful to his promises. And he has provision ahead for you. That's right. Right? That's right. He's got, he's got abundant gifts and blessings up yeah. ahead, even in the midst of the challenges that come with managing transitions. So let's ask the Lord for the grace to be genuinely, authentically human 
to carry one another, to bear with one another, to love one another, to be patient with one another, to be gentle with one another, to get to know one another. And because God is the one who's got all of this in his hands and because he's already gone before us, whether we're moving as a pastor or we're preparing to welcome uh, a new spiritual father to our community, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this. 